start by being honest with ourselves. As a nation, for decades, we were perfectly happy to write off whole neighborhoods, whole cities, whole generations of young men and women. As long as it was an inner city problem, an urban problem, which is to say, a black people problem, a brown people problem. Send them to prison, into a system from which they'll never return. Maybe now, now that it's really come home to roost, now that it's the high school quarterback, your next door neighbor, your son, your daughter, now that grandma's as likely to be a junkie as anybody else, we'll accept that there has never been a real war on drugs. War on drugs implies an us versus them. And all over this part of America, people are learning there is no them. There is only us. And we're going to have to figure this out together. I don't like fighters who talk too much. Well, Henry Cooper's nothing but a tramp. He's a bum. I'm the world's greatest. He must fall in five rounds, but if you talk about me, I'll cut his three. I'll never fight another fellow tough as George Jones. Not even that big, ugly, bad son of Lister. Is he your next fight? Well, after I annihilate this Henry Cooper, I want that bear. And what's going to happen to him? Bear. What's going to happen to him? He might be great, but he'll fall in eight. I'm the prettiest sight in the ring today. That's my label. I'm too fast. Round five. No special training. Just be at the fight. I'm ready to back up everything I'm saying. And I'm through talking. Is this the man to beat me he hasn't been born yet. Well, I'll tell Henry Cooper, he's watching this show, to come to the fight and be ready to fight. Because I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to London to get you. And after I'm through beating him, I think you'll have to join the Beatles and be a singer. All people watching this interview, I'm seriously trying to get Joe Frazier and George Foreman in one night. And to go down as the greatest fight of all time. Some of them still have doubt. They're making excuses. I want to work both of these men in one night, and I'll have a record that nobody can touch. What's going to happen when you meet Smokey Joe? And I said, Joe's going to come out smoking, and I ain't going to be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking, pouring water on his smoking. And then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Some people say, You better watch Joe Frazier. He's awful strong. I said, Tell him to try band roll on. That's the odor. Great Ham, I don't have to tell you about my strategy. I can't let my trainer tell you. Bodine, come here. Bodine, tell him. What are we going to do? You're going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Ah! Rumble, young man, rumble. Ah! That's what we're going to do. You heard it. That's my trainer. He'll tell you. BPPW Heating and Cooling, and welcome to our show, The Call Tyrone Show. 
And I'm here with uh, one of my millennial <laughs> African American history, history cultural gangsters. The other one is uh, has just got his master's degree in uh, Oklahoma at the University of Oklahoma, conferred on him, and he's enrolled in PhD studies. And um, by the way, he has some training to do um, uh, on some students, and he has to get familiar with the software applications that he's going to be doing the training on. So hopefully we can get him back. If not, you know, I wish him all the luck in the world, you know, with in his new endeavors. And um, this, that's, that's actually very fantastic, very fantastic for a young man in his 20s to be doing the things that he's doing. And I'm glad to see him out there in uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> Represent. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Represent me more. Okay. Now, uh, my, my uh, other millennial who's here, uh, my, my other faithful millennial, uh, Jackie Leacock, very intelligent, very extremely intelligent and knowledgeable and erudite young man. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also in his 20s, um, social media entrepreneur who majored in audio production, radio, TV, and film at Howard, the Black Harvard. He is a socially conscious vegan and a producer of the Channel 10 podcast, a podcast which features interviews with pioneer rap artists. Good afternoon, Baltimore. It's good to be back. Okay. What you just heard was the greatest, the greatest. If you let him tell it, and he was the greatest, I, I would have to agree. He was the great, not just the greatest boxer of all times, but certainly I would think the greatest athlete. Um, not not and and the greatest, uh, rather, yeah, greatest athlete. When you take the entirety of the man, you know, because I, I would I would put that, him, him up against anybody in any field as far as the entirety. Because what Muhammad Ali did actually transcended sports. Okay, a lot of the things that he would speak up against um, cost him a lot in terms of money. And uh, when he stood up against uh, the, the the draft, for instance, he he said he had like ten million dollars in contracts lined up, and they were gone, you know, in an instant. And um, the U.S. he had the U.S. government on him and everything, and he was still still talking smack. And uh, he was facing five years in jail. I mean, for standing for what he believed in, you know, simply standing for what he believed in. He won. He he said that he was a minister in the nation of Islam, and he couldn't go to war, and that he 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 wanted to be a conscientious objector. And uh, he actually beat those charges because um, a, they brought it to the Supreme Court and they couldn't, the government c- couldn't make a case because they couldn't say why they was denying him conscientious objector's uh, status. So they threw it out of court. And um, he was also facing, he's facing five years in jail and a uh, $10,000 fine and, and some other things. And he ended up, um, you know, but he was, he's barred from um, boxing from almost four years during his prime. And um, he lost a lot of money behind that. And, um, uh, as I said before, he he was in his prime, and, and he he was uh, he fell on hard times. He would he would actually he told one story where he was um uh had to break the bank, you know, break break his piggy bank out, his wife's piggy bank, and get money to drive to a college where they were paying him fifteen hundred dollars to speak. So each of those speech engagements were like in the sixties were like fifteen hundred dollars a piece. I think Hillary Clinton gets, gets like ten million a piece. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Whatever. <laughs> In those days, fifteen hundred dollars was a lot of money. Okay, it was it, it was, and uh, that would that would get him by. And then he go to the next one, so he could hit up three of them. Then he's he's and um, he's back up again. So he actually survived by speaking at college campuses, and he could actually debate uh, 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 those people on those college campuses without any formal education besides high school. And he would do a good job doing it, you know, because they would always attack him on that. And by the way, Muhammad Ali was not universally loved. Like he is today. A lot of this is nouveau, newfound love for Ali because people realized that the things he was speaking about back then, he was right. <laughs> okay, he was right. He was fighting for the liberation of, of of black people in the country, and we didn't have a whole lot of rights, you know, back then. 
and he was, I mean, and it was, it was, um, it was uh, de jure segregation. You know, it was, it was actually enforced by law. You would see signs that say, uh, "You can't eat," you know, in a, in a um, in, in this restaurant as white only. You know, you couldn't go in and eat. Yes, you couldn't go in there and eat. You didn't find somewhere else. You couldn't uh, um, um, go into the bathroom at the, at the gas station because it was for whites only. And um, that, that's one reason why Muhammad Ali threw his medal, his, his Olympic medal. He won the Olympic, by the way. He won the, uh, the Olympics when he, I believe he was 18 years old. And um, when he came back, he couldn't eat at the restaurant. And he took his medal and threw it in the Ohio River. His, his Olympic gold medal, he threw it in the in Ohio River. So if you go scuba diving down there, you might find it. You have to do a lot of digging. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But you just might find that, that joker. But he, you know, he was just that fed up with the, uh, the segregation of Jim Crow. And he grew up in the Jim Crow South. And his father um, actually showed him a picture of Emmett Till's dead body because um, it was all over the newspapers because the mother wanted him to have an open casket to show what happened to him. And Ali remembered that he was the same age as Emmett Till, and that made a, a definite impression on him. So you couldn't you, – Ali would not sell his soul for, for anything or anybody. And ultimately, what he did, um, he did it for the people. And, and – um, uh, go ahead, Zach, and then we're going to talk about what made him the greatest. But go ahead. Um, yeah, the Any thing comments? that really strikes me about Ali is that, um, you know, he really didn't have to do anything that nope. he did. Um, you know, he he didn't come from, um, you know, I was watching a documentary. It said, you know, he didn't come from an extremely, like, ghetto, impoverished type of background. Um, and then even when he started to become a famous athlete, um, um, I believe that in the Olympics, he was looked at as kind of the model Negro to, to you know, show the right. uh, uh, show the country to the world so he could have just followed uh, that Joe track Lewis, Jackie right. Robinson type of guy you know right. and, uh, quiet Negro right no he could have just followed that track uh, but instead he lost those four years from his career which a lot would argue uh, would have been the best boxing years that he had to offer and, and, and even without he, those years hold that thought but what, let me interject when Ali when they were talking about drafting Ali um, they, there was talk that, that was, it wasn't even in, coming into the view that we, he'd actually be put in combat that wasn't even part of it he was going to, what they wanted him to do is do exhibitions, but he wouldn't even go to that level. That's what made what he did so incredible because you had so many of these athletes, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Lewis, for instance, went to World War II and all that stuff, and you had, uh, you know, had all kinds of athletes. They would never speak out about um, the, uh, the, the, the injustices in the United States. And, and Jackie Robinson did, but he did it from the Christian's perspective, and he had some bad things to say about Muhammad Ali. And also, um, by the way, Muhammad Ali and, and Malcolm X were, were very close friends until he made the split with the Nation of Islam. And, um, and, and Muhammad Ali actually denounced Malcolm X after that. But he later said that he that was one of the biggest regrets of his life for not, um, you know, for, for turning his back on, on uh, Malcolm X when he needed him the most. So um, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. Oh, and, um, you know, just, um, you know, just to follow up on that, um, you know, he did a lot for um, not only black people, but his religion as well. And just, um, you know the anti-war movement just everything that was going on during that time um he was a voice and um a figurehead for that and you know that's really what made him the greatest and why we celebrate him yeah and even during later times even during the contemporary times he would travel the world mm -hmm. helping to raise money for poor people and hungry people and all this other stuff um so let's let's um talk about um what made uh ali the greatest now, black people, when he showed this show, home jumping, home shouting, because they don't have the nerve to say what I'm saying, and nobody has never said it, and they're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. So, like, 
Bob Patterson and other fighters, they just don't take part. They make a million dollars, they get them a Rolls Royce, they get them a nice home, they get them a white wife. Well, I made it, America's great, and the rest of them catching hell and he won't say nothing. But when one man of popularity can let the world know the problem, he, can, uh, he might lose a few dollars himself telling the truth, might lose his life. But he's helping millions. But if I kept my mouth shut just because I can make millions, and then this ain't doing nothing. So I just love the freedom and the flesh and blood of my people more so than I do the money. You can take a show and play it right in Washington. Let Nixon hear it. Right? <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> See, so I'm not ducking and running from nothing. And this boldness and telling the truth makes me just overshadow sports greatly. You couldn't get Joe Frazier no box on his show and get an interesting subject like this. That's Nothing to talk about. How do you feel, champ? I don't want to know. No matter what you think of Mr. Muhammad Ali's religion, you certainly have to admire his courage. Okay, another great one. Uh, the... Uh uh, Reverend Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King certainly, certainly respected uh, um, um, uh, Muhammad Ali as he did Malcolm X as, as well. Um, let, we got a call. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, we're going to go to Gene. How's it going, Gene? Hey guys, how you doing? All right, Gene. Yeah, uh, you to help me out with this one. When Ali, when when his case went to the Supreme Court, and uh, you know, he, of course, he won, he won it, but he won it for himself. He couldn't get a like a group. Um, like the, like the Quakers, in other words, like they, they're conscientious objectors. So well, they, I, my understanding of Gene, and I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. No, no, no. I can please. play one on TV, though. But my understanding of it is is that um, they just dropped it because the, they couldn't give a legitimate excuse why they were denying him mm -hmm. the conscious interest objective status. Yeah, and since, since, they, since the government couldn't couldn't provide that legitimate excuse, they said they didn't have any, any call to you know, bring case against him. Yeah, they just okay. dropped it. So no, I mean, but it only applied to him, not. But it wasn't like right, right. It wasn't. It was a class action thing. It was just, yeah. It was just him. Yeah, it did not apply yeah. to the, the you know, the, the right. whole of the nation of Islam. It only so, applied to him. Right. But if, uh, anybody else, I mean, especially uh, Quakers, it applies to their whole group. Right. He, but that was an individual accomplishment when he. Um, yes. You're absolutely right. It was an individual accomplishment when he beat that case. They just simply dropped it. Yeah. As if I, it never happened. Yeah, but, you know, in, uh, I, I, in, my, in my opinion is... It was 8-0, to that, zero, by the way. I believe the decision by the Supreme Court was eight, unanimous. 8-0. And let me finish. Um, uh, what's... Uh, not Clarence Tom, um Thurgood Marshall refused himself mm -hmm. because he had... he was I think he was Solicitor General before it, before yeah. it went. And so... Yeah. He had to recuse himself. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no, 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 not at all, man. I'm always yeah. uh, willing to shut up and listen and learn and stuff, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, uh, that's that's my thing. The other take on, on Ali, I was uh, perusing uh, YouTube, and I, I think it was a, a, some, a documentary or it, but what basically what it was, he was, when he recorded uh, himself talking to his kids. Right, and uh, I thought that was touching. You know what I mean? That uh, Ali loved kids because yeah, one of the things you would see when when he had gatherings, he would always pay. A, uh, he paid more attention to the children than with adults a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they said that when Ali came to Baltimore, he would spend all the time, you know, hugging kids, playing with, with the, the kids, kids and all that, and ignoring the adults. Yeah, he was, <laughs> and yeah, signing autographs, posing with them. Yeah, somebody yeah. said he had nine kids, but I don't know at this particular time when I, you know, when yeah, he's thing, married four times. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he he would he he all of his kids. He would gather, and they all knew each other, and they were all, uh, yeah. you know, br like brothers and sisters. One of his daughters actually became a, um, a, a female world champion. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, she was a boxer. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, man, Layla, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, man, like, uh, yeah, he'll be truly missed. I just wanted to, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, he's a great man, you yeah. know. And, and the thing, you got to respect that man, you know, because he had so much to lose, mm-hmm. you know, by doing, and, and, and not much to gain, but his self-respect and his mm-hmm. soul. Yeah, by, but, by standing up for for his people, and that's what he exactly what he was doing. I mean, yeah, you can categorize but, it any way you want. Yeah, but it wasn't, and, uh, you know, just to, to chime in, it, it, it wasn't like if he had gone in a service, he would not have missed that time. He was going to miss that time no matter what. But he stood up for uh, his principles, and that's that, that's the important thing. Yeah, but I think he might have did a tour over there, and they probably would have cut him loose. A lot of people they did one tour when they yeah. went to Vietnam because in World War Two and wars like that, mm-hmm. you would go over there say for the duration of the war. And what would normally happen is you'd get your butt killed. You know, you stay in war in a war zone three years. Yeah, you know, you get your butt killed. Yeah, I forget what particular reason Jackie recently. Um, I can't think of the guy. He does documentaries on um, um, on. Uh, on uh, the uh, whatever well, public, well, public TV, Jackie Robinson. I was just want to say he, but Jackie Robinson actually they asked him to leave the army and stuff. That's right, right. Because he had some uh, incidents where I mean he got off on a bus and he was gonna whip some butt. Yeah, Jackie Robinson didn't play. A lot of people thought he was docile, no, no, he but he, no, he did not. He was on punk. The other thing about um, about Alice's case that made it weird was he was classified as one A. Uh huh. Um, at first, when he when he um, um, when he signed up right. at eighteen, because you got to sign up for the draft. But when by the time uh, nineteen uh, sixty in nineteen sixty four he's reclassified mysteriously once he announced he's a Muslim mm-hmm. he's reclassified at oh, no 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 I'm sorry in nineteen sixty four he was reclassified as one one Y which means you're not you're not eligible for the draft uh-huh. okay only in emergencies and then once he announced he was a Muslim in nineteen sixty six he mysteriously became one A oh, eligible yeah. again and they wanted to draft him. Oh, yeah, they were so they're playing games with him. Yeah, they you know? him whatever. But anyway, man, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, keep, keep up the good work. You say one of your boys is uh, graduating. Well, he's already graduated. He's got his master's degree. Okay, yeah. and um, he's in he's in um, uh, Oklahoma right now. He's he's doing some studies on on some software uh, programs so he can teach uh, other young men and women that that the deal with that. Zach, you want to elaborate on it? Yeah, uh, Leroy Myers. He's a history major. Mm-hmm. Uh, he studies the intersection of uh, Native American and African American history, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's currently um, you know teaching and you know during the summer break, um, right. you know as he pursues his his, his PhD, he's uh-huh. uh, in a program working on some educational software um, that's going to further um, you know academic studies for a lot of people. Yeah, great, outstanding man. Yeah, I, I'm one of my. Uh uh, curiosities is is with is uh, with the uh, the five civilized tribes. That's exactly what he well, talks about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, well, yeah, that I mean, gets deep that, too. As you know, there's that, some stuff attached to that gene. That yo, I know no, you no, know no, about. No, yeah, yeah no, some, was, some bad blood. I'm gonna be quiet. Let him have. Yeah, there's some bad blood on that one. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it ain't all candy and roses. Yeah, God, God bless. You. <laughs> but it's 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 uh, divide and conquer. Yeah, that's what that was about. All right, man. Okay, so we're not going. That's a, that's a subject for another <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That take a whole show. Oh man. But a lot of people, you know, a lot of black people don't don't know anything about that history. Yes, sir. With the five uh, tribes, and yes. it would shock them, and uh, they would uh, think you were stupid or, or making uh, something up. Oh yeah, I'm married. Never, to a, listen, I'm married to a Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so let's <laughs> with that. I think I see, listen, I call a master too, man. Right, right. See, I, I knew you knew about it. I knew you knew about it. All right. I'm gonna put it out. I'll put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there. All right, thank All you right. so much for yeah, your you force my hand. <laughs> <laughs> love, love you all. All right. <laughs> okay. What he's talking about when he when he could say he called a massa is that uh the, the the Cherokee Indians actually enslaved black people because they were convinced by the United States government that if they had, um, and they actually fought on the side of the Confederacy, 
a lot of them too, a lot of Indian tribes, not not necessarily Cherokees, but a lot of Indian tribes fought inside the Confederacy because they were convinced by the United States government through treaties and whatnot that if they they wouldn't be civilized unless they had slaves, unless they held slaves, and right. and uh, um, a lot of it, on the Trail of Tears, they took a lot of those slaves with them to Oklahoma, and um, you know a lot of and to this day, a lot of them are trying to sue as uh, free men to uh, to uh, get some of the same benefits that the Indians get. And they went, the Indians are trying to put them out of the tribe, the Native Americans, rather, trying to put them out of the tribe, saying that they don't have enough, or they don't have any Indian blood in them. They right. were just freedmen. So it, it gets pretty complicated, and like I said, it's uh, something for another show. But that's for all you people that, you know, want to be Indians. But it's very rare that there are actually people that, that have Indian blood and involvement. A lot of people say it because that's what we were taught, because we don't want to know about slavery. So... You know, and, and just about every black family I know has got an Indian in their family. You know, every black family. But when the genetic testing is done, it, it doesn't it doesn't prove to be true in a lot of cases, unfortunately. I'm not saying you're not an Indian. Is that what you want to be? Fine. It's not going to do you a bit of good. But and then you know, if fine. you were, it might be the result of uh, slavery, the same way that white people did. <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> so I mean, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> okay, let's talk about um um. We already talked about. Did we talk about what made? Allie Graves. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about what's Jim Brown. Let's see what Jim Brown has to say about Allie. Jim Brown may have entered a far more dangerous post-football career. Brown actually wanted to box Ali, so Ali told Brown to come to London where he trained. Ali took Brown to a park and said, "Hit him as hard as he could." Brown didn't land a single punch. After about thirty seconds, Ali hit Brown with a combination to his face, and just like that, Jim Brown's boxing career was over. Their friendship, however, continued. Here's an interview Jim Brown did talking about Muhammad Ali. Ali was a friend of mine and very outspoken, very courageous young man, heavyweight champion of the world, and became a black Muslim, which was taboo, <laughs> and was anti-Vietnam War, and forced that and refused to report for service because he was a conscientious objector based upon being a Muslim minister. And we thought that he had the right as an American citizen to be a conscientious objector and to use his religion in that way. But the United States government was gonna prosecute him with everything they had. So I felt that if I could get some of the top black athletes in the country to come together and have a public meeting with him and get his full views. And if we believed him and trusted him, we could then back him up at the risk of whatever we had to take. In other words, we knew it was a great risk. And then in my office in Cleveland, in the back room, we all got together for about five hours. And they shot questions at Ali, like from left field and all over the place. And he fielded them and even cracked some jokes and told him that we, he didn't have to worry about the United States government, you know, he'll beat them. And he thanked us for uh, being there with him. We agreed that we would fully support his particular stance and give him that public support. And hopefully that would have some effect upon how the government looked at him. Ultimately, he beat the case, they dropped it. And it was just a, a wonderful thing to think back on because it was young men taking a risk to do what we thought was right. Okay. <laughs> that's very poignant. And then for the millennials that's listening, 
it was young. He, you remember what he's saying now? It's young men that stood up, and there was a lot of athletes that of that time that were great athletes that stood behind Muhammad Ali, and they weren't all Muslims. They some were Christians, and they were Baptists, and everything else. But they understood that, you know, once he they got everybody together, Jim Brown got everybody together. You know, people like um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and others, they um, they realized that Ali, you know, had every right to do what he was doing as as a, as a Muslim minister to um, you know to uh, sign on as a conscientious objector to that war. And um, as I said before, that's what made uh, Muhammad Ali is more more or less, you know, a people's champ. He was he, he would say stuff that. You know, it needed to be said. Uh, for instance, he, he he said he was pretty. You know, and in those days, if you you know, a lot of times they depicted African Americans with big lips on, on cartoons and everything else. I know young people don't don't understand this or, or can't possibly um, visualize this, but if you watch a cartoon, they would show African Americans with bug eyes and, and big lips and big noses and all this kind of stuff. And yes, sir, and all this kind of, on the cartoons. So you can imagine what the, the other shows they show scared of ghosts and all this kind of stuff. So. Here comes Muhammad Ali saying, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, I'm the greatest. And he wasn't, you know, he was very um, um, brash and um, he could back it up. He could back it up. Here you had this phenomenal black athlete and wasn't wasn't trying to be humble and all that stuff. And it was like, look, it's not so much that I should appreciate um, you all, you know, give me a chance to be champion and all that. He said, no, you should appreciate my talent. Okay. So that's where Ali was coming from. Uh, Zach? Um, and in addition, he, um, you know, especially at the time, um, especially in a sport like boxing, a lot of times uh, African-American men are depicted as uh, animalistic. Um, so when he says and, you know, brute animalistic. And so when he says float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, he's talking about, you know, finesse and uh, skill and, you know, his uh, his tactical skills in the ring. Um, so, you know, he definitely represented himself as an intelligent uh, black man who was also witty, um, which is something that, you know, um, was was different um, for that time. And in addition, he um, um, in that last clip that you played, he said that uh, he's not afraid he's not running from anything. And at the time, you know, some of the criticism that, you know, people would say uh, were that he was uh, running from the war, right. that he was afraid or something. He's no like coward. That. He got a lot of death threats. Right. <laughs> right. Leave so, that. so he he made it a point to say that, no, I'm not running from anything. OK, uh, let's go t uh, to uh Oh. Charles. Okay, Charles. Uh, how's it going? Uh, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charles. How's it going? Yeah. Yes. Um, he's just like Roots, and he's just like Django. I mean, this is real life manhood we're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, unapologetically black. Hmm? Uh huh. He was unapologetically black, like Jack Johnson. That was the closest thing to Muhammad Ali. Jack Johnson was a bad man back in the day. He talked trash, and a lot after a lot of those fights. They would have riots, race riots, after the Jack Johnson fights. Look it up. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, we got to get back to you know who Muhammad Ali actually was. Right. The real stand-up man. You know, he wasn't scared. You know, he had faith in what he was doing. You know, he's the real story. And look at how they treated him. Look at how they pushed him down. It seems like everybody that really stands up winds up being a Afflicted or being killed in some kind of manner. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's just ridiculous how they're doing us, and then they come back and they want to be friends. Right, and right. They want to get along. They want um, later in life. You're right. You're actually correct. Later in life, Ali became a hero for a lot of people that were uh, cursing him. You know, 
when he was out no, there. No, I'm um, talking about the white to. man. I'm talking about the system. We talk about how people get accolades years later. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Held up, winning, like, and here, right, like Nelson Mandela. On That's Nelson right. Mandela, they, they, he was on the United States terrorist watch list. And um, yep. when he died, you seen all those big terrorists going over there, President of the United States, all the kind of stuff. Like he was the biggest, biggest hero that ever lived. So yep, you're right. Yep. You're and, right. And they continue to be co-opted, and then they turn around and use them against us like PK Boom. I mean, sometimes we got to have men that stand up and stay standing. You know, they can't bend over, you know, when it's convenient. And that's what continues to happen. You know, Martin Luther, I mean, um, 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 Ali, he always stood straight. He always absolutely stood never, tall. never changed. No, nope. nothing ever mm-hmm. changed. He, even in his affliction, he was still a tall man. Yep. And then not only that, he was such a great athlete that, that Ken Norton broke his jaw in the second round of a fight, and he fought that whole fight. He didn't quit. He fought that whole fight, twelve rounds, a twelve-round fight. What, that's what manhood was about. Yep. You know, we went through something. Yeah. We we carried something on our back. Right. We, Showed that we were made of something. Mm-hmm. You had to kill that man to win a fight. Marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, 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 bunch of, yeah. You got that right. And he was a young, very young man when he won the, the championship and shook up the world the way he said it. He's twenty two years old. And then, that you know, is, that's the real power that we got. And we always talk about you can be anything that you want. There's not too many people like Ali that want to be something. He's one of a kind. One of a kind. That's, and these athletes right. today. You know, I you know Jordan was a great athlete, but he's nothing compared to Muhammad Ali. You know, to me, well, that's in well, my opinion. Somebody has to be number one. Yeah. and that definitely was number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Jordan. But the thing about uh, that that uh, that turned me on about Jordan is I remember, and I remember this distinctly. He was on sixty Minutes at a time where people killed each other with his tennis shoes. They asked him, you know, what did he think? And and at that time, young people thought Gordon, Jordan Jordan is being God. He could have said anything, but he chose to say, "I don't want to talk about it." You know, why? Because he, he, he didn't want <laughs> to rock money. the boat. Right, he made his money. Like Ali was saying about people like Floyd Patterson and stuff. He making that money. Every, everything's good for me. I got my white woman. Whatever you know, that with y'all. <laughs> we, we, we talk about we like people that don't bite their tongue, and then right. we turn around and ask everybody to bite their tongue. Right, absolutely. But um, yeah, I, I do respect Ali for the fact that he lost all that money, almost lost his freedom. You know, and and um. You know, he he lost a lot of prestige in the beginning, but if people realized that he was right, that, that's the story of real men. That's the story of Jesus, Yahshua, and everybody else that's of suffering. Okay, uh, okay, Charles, we have to let you go. Good, good, um, good information you're putting out, and then good. I enjoy talking to you. If I got to move Thanks, on, I got to call. Thank let's, you so much. Let's go to uh, Rashid. Okay, how's it going, Rashid? Oh, yes, good evening. Uh, you know, good afternoon, brother. Yes, afternoon, sir. How you doing? Yes. Uh, I had a, per, a personal experience with Muhammad Ali. Go right mm-hmm. ahead, share it. Uh, in 1970, well, first, I went to Muhammad Ali's camp in 1973. My cousin, Larry, Larry Holmes, was Muhammad Ali's sparring partner. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he so, was. He was. You're right. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, right. So, uh, in 1974, when he was training for George Foreman's fight, uh, see, my older brother took me up to Muhammad Ali's camp, and I had the pleasure to, you know, jog with Muhammad Ali, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning because right. I don't know if you recall, but the rumble... Uh, in the jungle. Right. Right, but the rumble in the jungle occurred uh, at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's Joe Frazier. 
Yeah, um, so mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali was training his body, you know, for that time table. Right. And then Zaire, I believe right, it was right. Zaire Africa. Right, <laughs> right, Zaire. So, uh, I mean, so me and my brother, so they told my brother, you know, to be up there at 3 o'clock in the morning if you want to run with Ali, you know, five five miles. I would have ran with him. I would have ran with him. Um, okay. By the way, I, th I believe Larry Holmes won a few men that actually beat uh, Muhammad Ali. Huh? I believe uh, Larry Holmes won a few men that actually beat uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, uh, the, one of his last fights or whatever. And that was a sparring partner, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, because Ali, Ali had like 61 fights. He lost four of them. And I believe one no, of them No, no. Uh, let me see. What he lost was five. He lost five. Five, five. five yeah, you're right. You're five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, five. I was just talking on top of my head, so I forgive mean, so me. Yeah, you're right. But Larry Holmes beat one of them fights, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, Larry <laughs> Holmes, yeah. Lena Spinks, and yeah. Trevor Burbank. You're right, it's five fights. Came right back to me as soon as you said. But, um, yeah, Larry Holmes actually was one of the few men to beat um, Muhammad Ali. And, 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 all right, so the thing that uh, is puzzling to me is that my cousin, who's Larry Holmes, should be ranked one of the five type heavyweights of all. Larry Holmes is a bad man, shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a bad man. You know, I agree. I agree. I agree. Right. Um, but what made Ali so special was his, his stance in the ring and his stance out the ring as well. He's more than just a fighter. You know, Ali would say, I'm the only, only fighter that you can talk to and ask the same question you would ask a senator. And he actually said it on TV when he's And there was times when I went up to his camp. And there was times when I went up to his camp. And, uh, you know, when he was finished you know, tra uh, training for that day, I mean, he was out there with, you know, reporters. Mm-hmm. And what he would do is pick, you know, uh, you no know, pluck flies out the air. Yeah, he's he's fast. He flies out the air, right? And then the reporters would ask him, uh, "Well, Ali, why why do you release him? You know what Ali told him? What that you this know? fly is more free than my people in America." There you go. Mm. That's what made Ali. That was Ali. Mm. All right, sir. We're gonna have to move on. We we got um, other calls. Thank sir. you so much. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Ali was a was a great man. The style of fighting actually changed boxing because if you look at some of the older fights, the fighters they would fight the heavyweight fighters would fight on their feet flat, and Ali would fight like a lightweight. You know, like Shuri Robson, you know that type of style. He would actually bounce on his toes and on the balls of his feet, and he would do like a sideways type of dancing type of thing, and he would make the other boxers overcommit. And that's one. You know, that's one reason I, I did a little boxing too. And you know, martial arts and all that. But I, I was highly influenced. A lot of young men my age were highly influenced by Muhammad Ali because when he had a fight, uh, you could hear crickets outside in the hood. <laughs> Everybody's there watch the fight or here listen to it on radio because those fights were free back in those days, you know, in a lot of cases. Yeah, his movements yeah. are that of a middleweight. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it changed the fight game, you know, because those guys couldn't do that flat-footed against him. He was just out. By the time they swing at him, he'd be gone already. Yeah. You know, and they'd be overcommitted. That takes a lot of energy missing like that. And they expose themselves to his, his rights, his right crosses and, and his jabs. You know, and, and he could knock you out backing up. That's how bad that man was. He was yeah. a bad man. And he influenced a lot of fighters, martial artists. And, and if you watch Into the, not Into the Dragon, Return of the Dragon with Bruce Lee when he's fighting Chuck Norris, that style that he does on Chuck Norris to, to defeat Chuck Norris Actually, it's the exact same style that Muhammad Ali uses in his fight. So, actually, Bruce Lee was watching what yeah. Muhammad Ali was doing. <laughs> so, you know, that's just, just put it out there where it is. That's how great and phenomenal he was. You look at Floyd Mayweather. You look at uh, Anderson Silva. Oh, These my guys God. Are definitely Man was, was definitely. Let's talk about, um, we, we got some callers, but before we go to them, let's talk about why Ali was a people's champ. What? Uh, why Ali was, was the uh, people's was champ. champ. Yeah. Yep. Just, just hold on, calls. We're going to try to get everybody in. Just like Ali. You know, I liked him as a person.
person. I thought he had a quick mind, he had a witty mind, a great physical champion, great physique, quickness, boxing skills. He loved people. You know, he helped people. And uh, before he uh, was stripped of his crown, he was a, a great warrior for our society. He used to always want to go on walks through the neighborhoods. What do you recall from those walks? Well, he would always say, hey, let's go take a walk. I said, walk where? <laughs> I was dumb and not as sensitive as he was at the time. And he said, look, let's just go talk to the people. I said, okay. So we walked through the ghettos and going to barber shops and grocery stores and he just talked to the people, you know. Here's a champ, you know, this is Jim Brown, he's a football player. And uh, he'd just say hello, you know. It was great, the people loved it. He was a people champion because he truly took time with people and cared about them. And he wasn't racial. He, uh, he didn't uh, ignore white people or white kids. He just uh, loved people. Okay. Now, I, I had some other subjects I wanted to talk about, but Ali was such a great man. I, I probably won't get to him. This is, this is just, you know, he was just so phenomenal, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of sad with his passing because, you know, he was one of my, he's certainly one of my heroes as a, as a young man. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite athletes. He was my favorite athlete, actually, because, like I said, the stances he took in the ring and out of the ring, he made you proud. You know, he, made, he actually made you proud. Um, let's go to uh, Lee. Okay. Good afternoon, Lee. How's it going? Oh yeah, y'all don't. All right, yeah, I, I like I like Ali because he he don't not only talk the talk, he walked the walk. Absolutely. And I haven't seen Man. the clip in a minute, but I like when he told the media and the press that he wasn't going to fight in the war. Mm -hmm. He said he said you know the the villain villain and and all them not my enemy. He said he said the white man my enemy. He said you want me to go over there and fight for y'all, but y'all won't stand here and defend me. So I, I like to hear that clip, and I like to see it, but, you know, it was a good man. We, we lost a good man, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strong black man. Strong black. Um, let's uh, go to thank what, you, Tony. Tony. Thank, thank you for sharing, Tony. Okay. How's it going, Tony? Yeah, yeah. I just want to chime in. Uh, Ali, he actually uh, made me want to box, so I had a little amateur yeah, me career, too. you know, yeah, three fights, too. so that was what's yeah. up, but. <laughs> so you were talking about Larry Holmes. Yeah, Larry Holmes uh, beat the brakes off Muhammad Ali. I think that might have, um, I, I think that fight might have ended his career. Yeah, how bad that, uh, Larry and I Holmes think that, beat him, you know, beat him down in that fight. Yeah, I think Fraser too. I think Fraser took a toll on him too. That Fraser fight, that was a pretty. Yeah, pretty nah, hard. nah, but that yeah. the, 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 the the Holmes fight that was. That, you know, yeah, it, it well, was I think Holmes kind of took that, it easy on. I think it was, it was it was terrible. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but Holmes yeah, was. Yeah, but the thing, like y'all were talking about. Um, uh, let me finish. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. We need to give uh, the, you know, the black woman a little, uh, little assistance here because there's just as many beautiful black women on this planet as, as white women. So it's not like you know uh, a white woman is a, is a prize. So I mean, a human is a human, but let's not you know put a certain ethnicity on some kind of pedestal like it's some kind of prize. I mean, it's beautiful. What? What? So what, many what, what Tony? What? Uh, what, what women Tony? 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 Slow down. 
What are, what are we what are we doing that? Well, what are we saying? When do we say white women are the most beautiful women in the world? What are you, what are you no, talking you're about? You're saying that oh, some of you know you, you fight and then you you become champion, make money, and then you go marry a, a white woman. That's what Muhammad Ali uh, said, sir. Uh, sir, Ali said sir, about, sir. Uh, you said something about Floyd Patterson, uh, sir. You know, that's what Ali said. Some white woman, they give him a white woman. Yeah, that's what Ali that's said. What we Ali just said. we can't take it off the tape. He said it. This no, is, no, no, but then, we just then you guys chimed in and said, you know, something along the same line. But there's just as many beautiful black women, black women, we never said it were. beautiful as anybody else. <laughs> and as, as many ugly black women as white women, and many beautiful black women as white women. So it's all good. It's I, all good. Let's keep it, Go ahead, let's keep it that way. I, um, I think the thing is that that we were talking about the trend that you uh, tend to see in uh, athletes and, um, you know, a exactly. lot of figures, you know, they they uh, view the, the white woman as more of a prize. And so um, but, you know, we're not advocating that. We're not advocating we're just, it. We're just illuminating <laughs> it. And Ali, we just and, tell you the truth. And Ali said the same thing back in those times. That's because we've been brainwashed to believe that stuff through commercials, TV and everything Oh, yeah, else. yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's uh, viewed as a, a, a prize. I think it's just who you hang out with and, and get together with. But. I mean, y'all can... And it's also the, the program we get from the media, sir, that we subconsciously get day-to-day -day on commercials and everything else. Okay. Th 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 All right. Thank you so Thanks, much for sir. your comment. Um, okay, let's go to Lady Maggie. Okay. How's it going, Lady Maggie? Peace and blessings to both of you and everybody. Thanks. You know, just to um, keep it uh, balanced, I had a girlfriend, teenage girlfriend growing up, and she came from Jacksonville, Florida. As soon as she got here... She wanted what she called a white man because she couldn't have him in Florida. So for some people, it's a false conquest, you know? Right. They think right. they conquered I, I something. Mean, you, I'm listening. You told me something, new, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm serious. You'd be surprised how many uh, women who are so kissed by the sun, you see no brown in their face, you know? Right, right. Who, who want somebody that they say they couldn't have. Well, I'm not. So it, some, sometimes it comes down to uh, how you are affected. Well, Lady Maggie, Lady, Lady Maggie, I'm trying to talk about Muhammad Ali. I, I don't and know how I we got sidetracked, too, you know, between a culture of white women, black down. women. I'm not, I'm not I, interested, you know, in, in different races of women. I'm happy Let with black women. Let me share this with you, then. <laughs> Let me share this with you. I am so, so impressed with Jim Brown and James Brown when it comes to Muhammad Ali. Because I don't know if you saw that movie, When We Were Kings. Right, I right. I saw it. A, a correct Good documentary, title. yes. That was such a beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> wonderful movie. As a matter of fact, at one time when I was growing up, those rec centers, you had uh, movies and popcorn. And you would see our movies, which were encouraging and inspiring to the children around the same time they had what they call um, police. What was it? The uh, Boys Club? Police Boys Club. Right. The policemen represented us came from our community. Right. Actually, that's how, that's how that's how Ali got into boxing. He got his boxing okay. was stolen and the police, he said, he told the police that he wanted to whip whoever did it. And, um, and, and, uh, he, he the, the, the police officer said, well, you better learn how to box first. And he took him down to the boxing club, the police boxing club. And that's where he learned to box. And a, a few, oh. few years later, six years later, he became the, uh, gold, the, uh, he won a gold medal. And 12 years later, he's a world champ. And that's why he got in the box. All right, Lady, Lady Maggie. Um, See, that's why somebody else wanted integration to bust up all of that. We never wanted integration on a level of community. We wanted integration, share our intelligence with others, share our beliefs, and whoever's beliefs are more humane, that's what we do. We, we wanted to be able to go and do whatever the hell we want to do in this country and not base it on our race. That was the bottom line as far as segregation was. 
Yeah, you can't tell me I can't come in because I'm black. Because that's treat me as a second class citizen. That's the most important thing about segregation. And I'll go with this piece. Look, I'll go with this. I think it's amazing that with all his challenges after being in the ring and his uh, health challenges, for him to live in that physical body for 71 years, I think it has a lot to do with the love he surrounded himself with. Absolutely. Okay. Peace. Thank you so much. uh, Thank you so much. uh, Let's go to Allie uh, Slaps, Ernie Terrell. Allie Slaps, Ernie Terrell. Yeah, uh, I'd like to say something right here. You know, Cassius Clay, yes. Why do you want to say Cassius Clay when Howard yes. Cosell and everybody is calling me Muhammad Ali? Now, why you got to be one of all people who's color to keep saying Cassius Clay? Uh, Howard Cosell is not the one who's going to fight you. I am. <laughs> you uh, make it really hard on yourself now. Well, why don't you keep the thing in the sport angle? Why don't you call me my name, man? Well, what's your name? You told me your name was Cassius Clay a few years ago. I never told you my name was Cassius Clay. Um, my name is Muhammad Ali, and you will announce it right there in the center of that ring after the fight if you don't do it now. For the benefit of this broadcast, him, all right? You uh, just acting just like an old Uncle Tom. Another flawed palace. I'm going to punish you. You ain't got no back off me. Don't call me no Uncle Tom. That's what you are, Uncle Tom. Why are you going to call me Uncle Tom? You heard me. Just back off of me. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the two contestants prepare for battle right now. Back off of me, man. Back off of me, man. Another interview has been recorded for posterity. Allie actually slapped Ernie Terrell. For calling Cassius Clay in that interview because he said that Muhammad Ali um, had a meaning. It uh, it meant worthy of praise and, and most high worthy of praise, and that Clay meant um, dirt without anything in it. <laughs> so that's why you say his name had a meaning. And uh, you don't you know you don't call me that name. I'm not using it anymore. And and there were people that refused to call Muhammad Ali for the longest time, mainly black people. <laughs> so and how could sell? Didn't have a problem with it, and that's why he gained uh, Ali's respect so quickly, and they became a team. Actually, Howard Cosell was Jewish, by the way, and Ali was a Muslim, and they got they had quite a relationship. Um, so, okay, so um, okay, let's talk about a foreman on Ali. If I missed him, almost they would be knocked out. So I thought I was the toughest thing ever invented. I was going to be the best heavyweight that ever. Uh, existed. One punch of mine was was equal to 20 of any other heavyweight champ, I thought. So getting up to Zaire, getting ready to fight Muhammad Ali, I thought this will be a matter of just a little exercise. I'll probably knock him out in three rounds, two, three, maybe three and a half rounds. That was the most confidence I had in my whole life. It's interesting. There are some analysts who look back at that match and they say, um, when they watched the kind of um, the fight that took place, they said that uh, Muhammad Ali, he delivered 12 right leads. Um, that's something you never do to a champion fighter because it's almost like it's an insult. It, it leads you open. It's almost like an easy punch back. Um, what do you think his strategy was, and, and were you surprised by that? When you think about all, what, how many right leads they say he, he landed or threw, it was, I felt like he through maybe 150 
<laughs> I still feel those punches. I had just underestimated one of the greatest fighters of all time. That's all there is to it. I underestimated him. And I figured he could hit me with all he wants. I'm still going to knock him out in a few minutes. But those punch and the power and, and they start to accumulate. And it wasn't long before I was on the floor. And then what happened? In the most devastating thing in the world to lose the coveted heavyweight championship of the world. I'd worked so hard to get it. Then you could hear the referee counting one, two, and it doesn't, you really, your life is going to change once more mm. from all of this confidence and to devastation. It happened in a split second. By the count of 10, my whole life was devastated. Yeah, Fulman was a bad man. Even in his 50s, he was fighting, tearing boxers up, young boxers up. So you knew back then he was a bad man. They said that Fulman would hit you so hard that it lift you off the ground. And uh, Fulman was much bigger than Ali. And so was uh, the guy that uh, called him Cassius Clay that he slapped, Ernie Terrell, much bigger man. But Ali whipped uh, uh, Terrell's butt and, and, and was holding him up and beating his butt, telling him, say my name, say my name. <laughs> Millennials, that's where that, that came from, say my name. Came from Muhammad Ali because he's quite a rapper too. One of your originals, Al. He was a bad man, you know. Like he, like he. That's how he would tell it. So let's go to. The t- 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 okay, we have uh, two different Ernest. We're going to go to the first Ernest. Uh, how's it going, Ernest? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ernest. Yeah, <clears throat> you know this is this is fake love coming from a lot of white people okay. and a lot of black. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Let him talk. Let him talk. Okay. Go ahead, Ernest. Let I'm me sorry. tell you why. If I mention Chris Jackson to you, would you know who he is? Go ahead, Ernest. Go ahead, Ernest. Mahmoud Raul Go ahead, Ernest. What's your he, point? Make your point. He was he was a basketball player. He went to LSU. Right. Experienced a lot of racism. He graduated from LSU, right. a top baller. Mm-hmm. Then he went to the NBA. It was a top player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But he said he would not stand and salute the American flag or the national anthem as long as police are killing black people, and black people are being treated any kind of way with disrespect. What they did, they when they found out that he, was, was, he, he wasn't even on the floor, he was standing in the locker room, and they said, why is he out there? And he told them they barred him from, they barred him from uh, basketball. No team would take him. So, I mean, this is after Ali. This is not before right. Ali. This right. is after Ali. And 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 Tommy Smith and John Carlos, I mean, it, it, uh, it, they uh, by them they couldn't even get a job because they put a uh, put a black glove on at the Olympics, kicked them out of the Olympics right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because of how they was treated in the United States. Yeah, black black socks and, and, and black gloves. Yeah. And and every day that we uh, in this country, some black person are being killed murdered by the police they just shot a guy in uh, minnesota shot him right. they, uh, the witness said that he was handcuffed and and the, the state's attorney and the prosecutor and the federal prosecutor said man we can't charge him because we don't have no proof that he was handcuffed and you know they can find out if they was handcuffed Absolutely. they have witnesses saying that they mm-hmm. were handcuffed Clark. Uh, so, yeah. so, so 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 so, so this Clark. is and they also it's had, like, uh, mm-hmm. I brought, brought out this morning, a football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers right. would not celebrate the killing uh, uh, of uh, uh, Osama bin Laden. He he thought it was for 
people to be jumping up and down because a person was murdered. And then he caught a lot of flack. So this is just this is just smoke and mirrors and black people going along with it. Of course, Muhammad Ali was a great fighter and Absolutely. he had great intentions. But it, even what you said earlier about Jim Brown and all them and Jackie Robinson, they didn't go there to, 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 to support him. They went there because they wanted him to go into the service. And he said, I don't care what y'all say. I'm not going in no service. Well, you want to go Ernest, in the service, Ernest, you're going to service. Ernest, Jim yeah. Brown, this is what Jim Brown said. He said that they, they wanted to see if Ali was sincere. So he arranged a meeting with Ali and a whole lot of prominent black athletes to see if they could support him. And he said after they listened to him, they believed that he believed in what he believed in. They didn't necessarily agree with him because all blacks don't agree about certain things involved in liberation. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, they wanted him. They, 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 white people got them together and said, look, go ahead and talk to him and see if you can get him to go into service. And he refused to do it. Okay. It wasn't that day. It was Stan and said, we're going to stand. We're going to stand with you because you didn't go into service. And and they had made a stand with Chris I'll, Jackson. I'm just talking about with Jim Brown. These people still living. Yeah. Um, okay, Ernest, we'll go ahead and conclude. And uh, we're going to go to well, the other well, callers. What I'm saying, but this is this is one thing that, that Muhammad Ali said that was absolutely right. He's not going nowhere in the world and killing other people, poor people, uh, for these United States. Uh, uh, and when we're not treated like human beings and it's country and we're still not being true his his model was hell no i will not go but black people still going in the service and saluting the flag and the fourth of july is the most horrifying day of my life when i see them dancing and saluting and okay. celebrating <laughs> thank you ernest. thank you so much officer ernest okay <laughs> next up we're going to go to uh the second ernest <laughs> go ahead well let me let me say this okay. let me say this we all go hold on ernest. um i'm gonna let you talk but we all have our different ways of of, of uh, looking at the system and, and things that need to be done to to uh, approach the system. I would submit to you that there's some people in the military that are just as um, you know activist minded as as Ernest ever, ever would be. You know, I, I've met some of them. You know, some of the first black generals and stuff, and they're 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 active in, in their minds. Colin Powell, um, I don't agree with any of his policies or you know anything like a Secretary of State, but he actually endorsed Obama. You know, he's a Republican. So, you know, people see things differently. That doesn't mean people are necessarily against black people or anything like that. They just see a different way of approaching it. Just like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had different, you know, ideas on how to, to solve the, the, the um, problems of black folks. That don't mean either one of them loved them any less. Okay, so we just got to understand that. Everybody is not going to agree totally with every stance. Everybody's not going to be a Muslim. Everybody's not going to be a Christian. Okay, but we just got to accept that. And we respect people's opinion as long as it's not damaging. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, uh, Tyrone, I, re I really appreciate your program, man. I tell you, you and your co-hosts and your team, you and your team, man, y'all doing a hell of a job. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, was that for me? Was that for me or for you? It's for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> respect, man. Respect. But you know what, Tyrone? I, I want to say this, man. I, you know, I've been on the other side of the fence. I've been locked up before. I mean, I've been through that life and... And, yeah, uh, come, come a lot of black men have been locked up, sir. It's gonna—they talk about one in three is gonna be locked up for they die, but if but something doesn't change, but go ahead. Here's a hit, though. I mean, I—I I, you know, I raised my daughters myself, work for myself, got my own company, and I'm saying this to say that some of our people, like 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 um, uh, uh, um, 
uh, Ali, he was a pillar in our community, man. Absolutely. You know, he was a hell of a computer, uh, pillar in our community. Ali would show up in the, in the strangest places. I, I remember when he came to Baltimore, and, you know, he came to the, the, the barbershop, and he was, he was, you couldn't sit still. He was full of energy. He would take pictures with everybody. There's a lot of people got pictures of, of them and Ali. He touched a lot of lives, and, and, uh, and he moved a lot of people to do right. extraordinary things. So, you know, and, and like I said, I, I, uh, I, I look at, I'm 48 years old, and I look at life like this. You never know who you're going to need, white, black, Absolutely. Puerto Rican, Spanish, Absolutely. when you're doing business and things of that nature. Absolutely. Most of my customers are white, by the way. You know, and, and, so, um, and um, white people good nature. I mean, goodwill. White people goodwill. I mean, I'm all for it. You know, if they if they help us in a time of need because we need all the help we can get. Let's face it. And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying there's some whites that I deal with that we we we, we, we get down in it. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I'm not I'm not I'm not you know trying to go one one area you know one direction with. I've this. been around bad whites. I've been around good whites. I've been around exactly. bad blacks exactly. and good blacks. But all I want to say, man, I thank God for your life, bro. Keep on pushing off. Respect. All right, sir. Thank, thank you. you so Thanks much. Thanks for your comments. Next caller. Okay, next up we have Woodrow. How's it going, Woodrow? I'll, I'll text this to her, make sure she get it right. Woodrow. 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 Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Woodrow. Okay, Woodrow. All right, Woodrow. <laughs> Call back. All right, okay. So <laughs> um, let's talk about um, Ali uh, versus Trump. Heroes, and then tweets this, kind of saying, you know, what sports heroes are you talking about? He says, Obama said in his speech that Muslims are sports heroes. What sports is he talking about and who is Obama profiling? So kind of sarcastically saying something along the lines of, well, what Muslim sports heroes are you talking about? Yeah, Muslims don't play sports. No, no, what no, are you no, talking no. About? They can't touch a pig skin. What are you talking about? Um, I have a quote from Muhammad Ali. Now, he goes back and he, he hits back at Trump, but he doesn't mention him specifically. He's very responsible about what he says. Here's, here's what uh, Muhammad Ali had to say. I'm a Muslim and there's nothing Islamic about killing innocent people in Paris, San Bernardino, or anywhere else in the world. True Muslims know that the ruthless violence of so-called Islamic jihadists goes against the very tenets of our religion. I believe that our political leaders should use their position to bring understanding about the religion of Islam and clarify that these misguided murders have perverted people people's views on what Islam really is. I mean, and, and then we have other Muslims, like the possibly the greatest Laker of all time, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as well. Yeah. Donald Trump puts every Muslim into one category, a, a negative category, calling them, you know, dangerous, a threat to this nation. I mean, we're talking about a religion with more than a billion people practicing. Uh, when, when you do something like that, now you look like the extremists, not the Muslims. Okay, so that was... Uh Okay, we're about to close the show, and I hope everybody uh, um, could get something out of this. And, uh, again, we were just celebrating a great life. I had other things I wanted to talk about, but I didn't think they were worthy. And, and in light of the fact that one of the greatest athletes in history, uh, a great African-American and a, and a, and a great man, uh, just passed. And, um, you know, there will never be a, a Muhammad Ali in, uh, in this world again. And Muhammad Ali's life was set in the times. Without that you got to take it to the context of the times with the Jim Crow era. He's here. You had a man standing up and being brash and saying, I'm pretty and saying, you know, I'm the greatest, you know, I'm the greatest thing to ever live. So, um, taking out of that context, it, it loses a lot, but the man suffered a lot for what he believed in. He still, and that's the most important point. I would like everybody to take away from this. The man was willing to stand up for what he believed in, be it losing money, his freedom of what. And a lot of these athletes we got out here today, they ain't going to do none of that. Okay. So, this concludes our show. I see we got callers, but next time we're going to have to try to get in a little early. Um, and I would invite you to come back next week. Uh, 
to the Call Tyrone Show at 2 o'clock um, next week on Monday, 2 to 3. Be sure to tune in, and uh, I thank you for your time.